Hello, welcome to Okawa Book Club. So we're your hosts. I'm Dylan. I'm John. And we're going to be discussing the teachings of Riho Okawa. Riho Okawa is a world teacher, master, and CEO of Happy Science Group. All right. So today's book is called "The Hell You Never Knew," and how to avoid going there. So this isn't a Halloween book. It's not something you know that we have to be scared of reading. But actually, you know, there's maybe two ways we can read this book. One is something scary that there is hell and it really exists. The other thing is, wow, this is really a fascinating book that we can learn a lot from. And why I bring that up is this book is a kind of spiritual guide to the hell or the dimension or the world called hell, and it's by Riho Okawa. And just to introduce this book, I will start from part of the preface. People have created a new hierarchical social system in this world, which is based on academic achievements, physical appearance, status, assets, or name recognition of the company where one works. However, heaven and hell absolutely do exist, transcending all of this. Even if there may be no problem for those who can return to heaven. The truth of the matter is that about half of the people today are headed for hell. This stands to reason. Today's leaders that are of the intellectual class believe that atheism and materialism are the truth. Even in those, even those in religious positions, such as clerics of Buddhist temples and Shinto shrines, have allowed themselves to be brainwashed. To believe that only that which is taught in school is correct and scientific, because they do not want to be thought of as primitives. So you know this talks about the truth that beyond academics, beyond social status, beyond beauty and name recognition, the spiritual world does exist, whether we like it or not. We can't say this has nothing to do with us. It's something we all have to face. And the sooner we face it, the earlier we can make the corrections, so that we will live a happy life. So in this book, we see a kind of a spiritual tour by a tour guide named Princess Kozakura from Japan. So she taught the author Riho Okawa about the spiritual world, and this book teaches us about some realms which have. Kind of manifested in modern times in the spiritual dimension. So what I mean by that is that basically hell and the spiritual world do not exist in an archaic or old state. They are always being modernized in according to the times. And nowadays we are seeing a modern hell taking shape according to the thoughts and tendencies of people living on Earth. So, with my partner today, John, we will go deeper into hell. And explore it on a tour, so that we can see just what is going on. Okay, so John, we are not psychics. We don't know, you know, how the spiritual world looks. But from your experience of reading this book, how would you describe the modern form of hell and how it's taking shape? Oh、um, well, I mean, I think the simplest way to explain that would be that hell is taking shape in accordance with the thoughts and emotions of people today. And I think that because of that, it's kind of always shifting and、uh, changing shape, but it's always maintaining certain core principles and functions pertaining to what it's there for. 
It's uh, hell is essentially like a correction center or a hospital uh, for souls. And, you know, the idea is that if you spend your life living in a state of fear or living in any type of state where you perpetuate your own suffering and your thoughts, then your soul is imprinted with that. And after your physical body dies, it's just going to keep existing in a similar state to when you were physically alive. And so your soul has to spend some time in this place called hell in order to become uh, remediated. And then eventually it can either go to a higher dimension, like in the heavens, or it can come back to being a human. As uh, Dylan said about half of the souls you know, on Earth today that are uh, human, they will have to go and spend some time in the place called hell in order to become remediated. Right. So some people are scared by the word called hell. And just to be clear, this book talks about hell from a totally different kind of perspective that you might have heard from the older, more fundamentalist religions. So, as John said, we can get out of hell. Hell is a place that's temporary. What it requires is self-reflection and repentance. And then we can come out of that negative state. In this book, Riho Okawa says, If we compare the size of the spirit world to a 50-story building, Hell is only the size of the basement. The building might have five basement floors, but there are 50 stories above the ground. This is the basic structure of the spirit world. So, yes, it's true. Hell does exist, but it's not the main part of the spiritual world. Yet, there's another fact, which is in those five basement floors, half the people are going down there. So it's very crowded. It doesn't sound like very fun to me. But anyways, it's a temporary place that we visit if we lived a mistaken life, and then we can get out of it through our own thoughts and deeds. Okay, so now let's begin our tour of the spirit world. So um, please pack your belongings and come with. In fact, we learned that there are six different types which are introduced, which we learn about through this Princess Kozakura and her spiritual guidance. So, the first is called the Hell of Villains. So, John, what is going on with this Hell of Villains? Yeah, so the Hell of Villains, it's, I, mean, I, I think a focal point of it is that it's a place where fear is essentially very pervasive. And it's a place where you might experience acts of violence, whether you're on the receiving or giving end of them. You know, for example, if you were to spend a lot of your life, even if you weren't, you know, if you even if you weren't, um, if you never committed an act of violence against someone or were on the receiving end of one, but if you think about it a lot, those images that you see in your mind are an idea, will give you an idea of what plays out in the hell of villains. Hmm. The lesson really to learn there is that uh, fear is the opposite of love. Hmm. So souls that are there over time eventually learn to start a process of self-reflection where they learn love. And then through learning love and faith, they are able to transcend the repeating cycles of fear that they're experiencing in that plane. Right. So it sounds like a kind of nightmare scenario. But what we have learned in the past and learned from Riho Kala's books is that our thoughts are connected to the spiritual world. So as we live in this world... It's not like hell is a place outside of us. It's not a physical location, but hell also exists within our minds. And people are always attuned to one part of the spiritual world. We learn that we can attune our minds to the corresponding world of our thoughts. 
So what that means is by this law of same wavelengths, we can attune ourselves to this world of fear by our own decisions and by our own ways of thinking. And actually Buddha taught similar things and Jesus Christ too on the Sermon on the Mount. What we think determines who we will be and where we will go. So we learned about the hell of villains, a world of fear. So what's the next world which is brought up? The next hell discussed is the subterranean hell associated with the lonely company employees. Right, so this is something I was like totally blown away with. Oh wow, even loneliness can lead us, extreme loneliness can lead us into this kind of hell because we're living in our constant state of sorrow, which brings us down to very negative vibrations. Surprisingly, we learn that this world is like people in shells underground. They're crawling through the dirt. They're crawling in these underground caverns. And they live in these little uh, bubbles by themselves. It's usually the people that go here who, you know, they really hate social conversation. They, after work, they immediately rush home and lock themselves in their house by themselves or in their apartment. And they sit in loneliness their entire day. People whose minds are very attuned to that kind of a mindset will end up going to this world. So, you know, again, it has nothing to do with crimes committed in this world. It's just the, their mind was too extreme and it led them to this hellish dimension. So third, we have the hell of mortar, the destination for egoists. So this hell of mortar, how we could describe it is like there is a giant volcano and there are people who are climbing up the walls of the volcano trying to get out. Yet every time they get close to the top, someone pulls them down by their leg and they fall down to the bottom and have to climb up again. And it's a world like the doggy dog world of the modern business society. People are always striving to get to the top, trying to tear down the people around them. So people with huge egos tend to end up in worlds like this. Fourth, we have the hell of beasts. And John, could you describe what the hell of beasts is like? Sure. Uh, so in this world, humans can resemble animals in terms of qualities. So different types of animals have different types of personality characteristics. And humans can become possessed by the spirits of animals and then will behave accordingly. So let's say in the instance of a lion, it's associated with courage. Whereas uh, a snake might be associated with being sneaky or with an excessive amount of sexuality. So, you know, another example could be like a, a dog spirit associated with stealing or a fox spirit associated with being like cunning and taking advantage of people. Um, and, you know, we these types of spirits possess people all the time. And when you've come into when you've come into possession by a spirit like this, what will happen to you is that when you go into the hell of beasts, you will be like an animal form with a human face on it. Mm. And you will. Uh, what will happen is you'll lose memory that you're even a human mm. uh, soul. Right, so this is another kind of grotesque world, but it essentially teaches us that being a human being is so noble, and it's something we should never forget gratitude for. We are allowed to be the highest form of creation because we have a mission to live with dignity as God's children in this world. And people who live with a lot of desires, people who live in an animalistic and brutal fashion, 
can end up going to a place such as the Hell of Beasts, as scary as that may sound. So next we learn about the Hell of Scorching Heat, a destination for greedy people. So what kind of world is this? It's a world of constant craving. Essentially, our cravings and our desires and our greed turns into heat and the world becomes so scorchingly hot that we are suffocating and we feel that as physical pain in our souls. And that is not a world we want to be in, of course, but a lot of people in this abundant and flourishing society can easily become greedy and become poisoned with such a, a mindset. In Buddhism, there is taught there is three poisons of the mind, greed, anger, and foolishness. So someone who has a greedy mind is someone who's like uh, covetous, or they have a lot of the desires, such as desire for food, desire for money, desire for fame, or desire for sleep, or sex. But they're there's a lot of desires in this world, and essentially those desires can lead us to such a world as this. And then lastly, it talks about the realm of devils, which are inhabited by evil leaders. So John, could you introduce what this realm of devils is like? The realm of devils, I think uh, a good way to describe the types of beings there are that they are ideological offenders in the sense that they propagate ideologies in this world while they're alive that are harmful to human nature and guide us away from the truth and the light. And when they go to this realm of devils, they kind of continue to do that. So uh, in this place, you'll find leaders from history such as Joseph Stalin, Mao Zedong, Nietzsche, because his philosophy, you know, kind of this idea of the will to power was kind of a corruption of what we are, you know, really meant to be. Karl Marx, you know, who started the idea of communism, which is a purely materialistic philosophy. Mm -hmm. So there's a commonality to all of these types of people who are in that plane. Mm -hmm. And what's interesting about them is that because they're able to continue doing that from that plane, they can tend to influence people from there in this world. Mm. Yeah, so, so we really went through these six types of hell. And the reason I think this is important for us is... We can essentially look for our blind spots. We can find out, okay, maybe I share some tendencies with the beings who inhabit this world. And then by changing it while we're still alive, we're essentially making our future much brighter. We can make sure that we avoid these pitfalls and disasters. Because Riho Okawa teaches that human body is like a car, or, or the soul is like the driver of the car and the mind is like the steering wheel. And... We want to avoid getting in car accidents. So by learning how to control our mind, we can keep ourselves from getting in these car accidents, so to speak. And that will avoid us from these realms of hell, which are modern in their nature. Okay, so we went through that chapter, but I wanted to quick mention about another part of this book, which are some dreams that the author Riho Kawa had. He had some dreams where he visited the spirit world during his sleep. And one of them, he visited a place called the Ashura realm, which is a, basically a realm of strife and conflict. But what he experienced was a modern form of that. It was the form of terrorism. So a train was constantly being bombed by terrorists. 
and the passengers were being subjugated to that terrorism. The next was a hell of lust, where we learn about this hell in Buddhism, but the modern form, which is sp spoken about here, there is like a witch-type figure who puts sex workers under a spell so that they are imprisoned and locked into this house, and they can never escape. So we learn about this hell of lust. And then lastly, the hell of hungry ghosts, which is also spoken about in Buddhism. But this is actually scary as it may sound. In this form, there was a, a sub-realm filled with uh, children who had passed away prematurely, as sad as that may sound. And they were having the experience of bullies constantly stealing their food, constantly stealing their lunch, and eating that. So they were always going through this experience of, you know, wanting food, craving food, and then having it taken away from them at the last moment. That's another part of this book. As I said before, as John said before, self-reflection is the key that will open up the world of heaven. So we won't have to even experience these things. We'll, we can even help the people around us so they won't experience these things. And that's the true hope of this book and the salvational aspect of this book. Absolutely. You know, I, <clears throat> I think like when we look at the types of phenomenon that are happening in hell, they're all cyclic. And I think that speaks to the small size of hell relative to the remainder of the spiritual plane. But it also, you know, in our own lives, like we may experience these types of cyclic thoughts over and over. And, you know, as long as we can catch them and have self-reflection, as Dylan said, you know, we'll be able to do a 180 and turn the direction of our soul. Hmm. Yes, yeah, so we learned a lot from this book, but to end, I want to read from the afterword. I'll just read some parts of the afterword. It says, For the past hundred years or so, religion has been replaced by science and medicine and is losing its power to save people. The mass media even considers merely talking about the other world, or hell, as a fraudulent topic. It goes on to say, how pitiful it is for them to know nothing about the true fact that good and evil do exist, and so do heaven and hell. First and foremost, I want you to know the concrete theory of hell explained in this book. Once you have this knowledge, you can work on plans to avoid going there. Thank you, Riholkawa, for your book, for your holy words, and for publishing this book, The Hell You Never Knew. So, you can find this book at major bookstores such as Barnes & Noble or on Amazon.com. You can also learn more about the book on OkawaBooks.com. So that's all for today's episode. Thank you very much for tuning in. And let's all thank Riho Kawa for his great teachings. It was great talking to you again, John. Likewise, Dylan. In these trying times, stay happy, healthy, and positive.